Hello and welcome to Nervous as World episode 76. Shark Nerdo. Woohoo! Thanks, Scorpion. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I'm Brendan. I'm Spindles. And on today's show, Spindles will be recapping his time at the, Cypher, at the SF Ball. Um, we're talking about various trailers that have dropped recently at the Super Bowl. Uh, I saw La La Land, so we'll talk about that. I also saw Kroll. Ah, yes, yes, you're, you're, so you're back on the, back uh, on the, the Ready Challenge Player list. One challenge. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, I did a, yeah. The live drunk tweet of watching that. <laughs> That's a thing. Um, All right. Well, well, well uh, and other stuff, but let's not let's not move away from this quite yet. So, you 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 live tweeted watching I, 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 I live, while drunk. Yeah, I was drinking mead. I was drinking mead, and um, yeah. Uh, let's see if I can find some of my my <laughs> some of my Twitter. What, what, first question is what on earth possessed you? And this is this is the first time you've watched Krull. Yeah, I've never watched Krull before. Right. And my housemate was really pissed off at me that I hadn't watched Krull before. So I'm pissed off at you that you haven't so, watched Krull. So he 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 got the the DVD out and he also haven't had a bottle of bottles of mead. So we got a bit drunk. I'm looking at my timeline. This is from the other night, so if you follow me on Twitter, then you'll see my random... You will have already have seen this. This, however, yeah. is entirely new to me, because this must have happened while I was at the SF Ball. <laughs> okay, so yeah. Watching Crawl as part of my Ready Player One film challenge, having fun with how gloriously it is aged, and how it could be recast. Also drinking quite a lot of mead, so yeah, hashtag Crawl. Um, in my recasting of Crawl, Colwyn would be played by Chris Pratt. Okay. Is that just because Chris Pratt plays everyone these days? No, because he looks like a young Ken Marshall. Oh, right, okay. So, yeah, he totally would. Um, feeling sad for the Cyclops, he just wants some peeps to hang out with. Um, then I tweeted, The fucking shitty mage just rinsed that poor kid out of his chocolate. What a douche. Hashtag crawl. <laughs> oh, the mage just turned off into a dog because the kid lost his father figure. Slowly warming up to Ergo. Who, I have to say... Is my favourite character in the entire film. Of course! And the film would play out exactly the same way if he wasn't in it. Mm, yeah. And he's the only character who has any kind of development. He's this random shitty mage who keeps turning himself into random animals. Um, fire mares. They sound fucking awesome. Oh, wait. They're Shire horses. Hashtag crawl. And the next tweet was wait. They're Shire horses with flames coming out of their hooves. Awesome. Next tweet. And they can fly. Fuck yeah, fire mares. <laughs> and then I realised that King Colwyn was the traitor Eddington from Deep Space Nine. Mm-hmm. And that blew my tiny drunken mind. <laughs> um, then Ergo turned into a tiger and fucked a slayer up. Get wrecked, son, was my um, tweet. Yeah. And then it went on. And <laughs> it went on and on a little more. Yeah. Okay, so... Uh, all in all, a successful drunk watching of Yeah. In fact, I'm going to think that there's... there's there's a number of films on that list that I haven't actually seen ever. Okay. So for when I watch those films, I'm going to do drunk live well, a, a live tweet of it. Um, <laughs> if I happen to be drunk, I happen yes, to be drunk. Apologies, I still haven't got around to zeroing out that list. Oh, yet. that's fine. That's fine. I'll take that up and we'll take care of that. That's fine. Cool, excellent. You, you know how to edit. Yeah, I can edit that list. So, what were your overall opinions of Crawl? Then I I kind of liked it. <clears throat> um, so, if I, if I understand things correctly, it was originally meant to be 
a Dungeons and Dragons movie. Mm-hmm. And you can see that from the way that they form the party. And you've got the cleric and the, the druid and the every, all the character types are there. But apparently Gygax didn't like the sci-fi elements of it. Mm. Um, and that's the one thing I didn't like either. The, the, the laser beam ah, and the laser beams from the swords. Mm. Um, and it's not a glaive; it's a shuriken. Well, it was called the glaive. Yeah, that, yeah. There's not a glaive. Is well, I, I know it's not a glaive, but it was just called cool. the glaive. It's a sci-fi universe. It could be fucking anything. <laughs> <laughs> that's just what they call it. All right. Um, yeah. What was I? Oh yeah. Um, Gargax didn't like the sci-fi element of it, but it still got picked up. Mm. I thought it was good. I mean, um, it's 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 not aged particularly well. Oh God, no, no, it, it, <laughs> its effects are awful. But it has got. But it stands testament to what you can achieve if you stick your hand in some tepid tomato ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> and like, it's got like seven British actors in there as well. Liam Neeson was in there. Yeah. Robbie Coltrane was in there. Your man from Grain Chill and EastEnders was in there. <laughs> yeah. Tom um, And one thing I couldn't believe was the director. Directed Bullet by Steve McQueen. Okay, that's a even know. Because I'm not a fan of westerns, so. Bullet is not a western. Is it not? Oh, Steve McQueen, I thought all of his were westerns. No, no, Bullet's the one in San Francisco with the car chase. Ah, okay, no, again, still not seen yeah. it, so. Okay. Um, so, yeah, that was, uh, that was a shock. Because we look at the artist features on the DVD, on the DVD special features menu. Mm-hmm. Like, no way did he direct the most iconic car chase of all time and then direct Kroll. But, yeah, he did. Well, um, there you go. But I enjoyed it. It's another one checked off the list. Um, Have you done many more? No, no, no. I think I've just done... With this attempt at the list, I've just done Ghostbusters and Kroll so far. Right, okay. Um, I have enough popcorn at home to go through some some more. See, now, I'm not sure I can engage with the Ready Player One challenge this time. I really want to, but I found myself in this weird... Situation of of rewatching nineties teen dramas. <coughs> yeah, Dawson's Creek. I saw that. <laughs> what the fuck's that about? Well, it it came from it was a day at work and 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 there were emails flying around which was the on this day and people were doing it for their birthdays. Yeah. And of course, on on my birthday, the day I was born is the same day that James Vanderbeek was born. Ah. So I've always had this thing that James Vanderbeek stole my fame. <laughs> you know, the, the character of Dawson was the thing that I was supposed to be doing. You know, being a film director and doing things like that, and going to film school and and talking like I was forty with people around me. Yeah, and, yeah. So I, I I kind of I got a bit nostalgic for Dawson's Creek because I used to love it. Oh, I loved it. Um, I loved it as well. And so I, I I've mainlined the first two seasons already. And Dawson's such a dick in the first couple yeah. of seasons. There's two episodes that stand out for me. The one is the their, their Breakfast Club episode. Yes, which was yeah season uh, season one, yeah. the end of. And then there's the Halloween episode where they're all stuck in Dawson's house. Yes. With a killer on the island. Yes. <coughs> That's awesome. Yes. Yeah. So there the, there are some cracking episodes, and I, I will continue my way making my way through it. But it's kind of. It's been a lot of 90s nostalgia going on in my life recently, so then I started watching My So-Called Life. I love that show. But I'd never seen it before. Oh, I, my God, I, I completely missed it. Because from the conversation we had when we were watching it, it was my friend Hannah who said about it, because I, I had no idea that it was Jared Leto yeah, and Claire Danes. Claire Danes. Um, and 
we were talking about it and I figured out that it must have been either my first or second year at uni it was showing on terrestrial TV here so that was a point when I was just not watching any TV yeah I think it was it was 94, 95 I think it was yeah so 1995 is yeah. when I went to uni so oh Rayanne Graff was my first crush right okay I, so, I think I've always been attracted to like kooky sort of out there women as a result yeah Ryan Graff oh I love that show man that show, and that show was so forward thinking as well well I'm quite enjoying it. Of it it's com- it, it's the complete polar opposite of Dawson's Creek so where you know the lead the main character is female it's her dad that's going and having the affair rather than the mum and it all, all the parallels are there but it's just like it's a completely different environment because whereas in Dawson's Creek they'll kind of you know sit around contemplating their own navels watching yeah. videos in Dawson's bedroom in this they're going to like backyard parties yeah. where there are full on bands playing and people jumping around and throwing beer at each other how far into it are you? Uh, I've got like, episode 6 or 7 Okay, it's one of those series where the Christmas episode in this series is phenomenal Okay, one of the best Christmas episodes of a TV show in uh, well of any TV show um, and the way they handle uh, homosexuality in this show is so ahead of its time. Yeah, well, yeah, we had the episode where the, the the gay guy was going on about bringing the gun into the school yeah. when he, he didn't, and he was taking the rap for it so that people would be scared of him and stuff. And it was, yeah, there's some very very interesting themes in it. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. But once again, Jared Leto, what a fucking dick. Yeah. <laughs> His character is. I hope he redeems himself by the end of it because <laughs> for the first like four or five episodes, he's just such a dick. Yeah, but the good thing is it becomes less about him and more about Angela. That's good. That's good. You know, it, it, yeah, it's kind of a weird flip because he's obviously he's obviously a MacGuffin for her. She, he's he's a prize for mm. her. Yeah. Um, but her pursuit of that puts too much emphasis on him as a character. Right. Um, but yeah, he does redeem himself in certain elements, especially with um, is it Brian Angela's nerdy. Yeah, yeah, the, the nerdy next door neighbor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there's, there's a nice episode with the two of them later in the series. Okay, it's one of those shows that it got cancelled before its well, time. Yeah, as well. only one season of it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I will persevere and I will watch the rest. It's of it. it's amazing. But, one of my uh, and then on top of that, there was another replay of Gone Home. I don't know if you've heard me speak no, about Gone Home before. Wrong. Gone Home is it's a kind of point and click adventure game uh, that's about a girl. It's all set in the mid nineties. And it's a girl who comes back from being abroad for a year. Uh, so she's been travelling around Europe and stuff and comes back to her house and is expecting to find her parents and her sister and just finds a note from her sister saying, tell mum and dad I'm sorry. And then you just explore around the house and it's all about the things you find and the, and the story builds up. Okay. And it's it's a wonderful, wonderful game. And if, if, if you've never played it, then I would urge you to go out there and play okay. it. It's a wonderful indie game and it's not at all what you expect it to be from the outset. Uh, and it ends up being one of the most satisfying, wonderful, heart-wrenching games I've played in a very, very long oh, time. Okay. I, I put it up there as being one of my favourite games of last year when I was on the, the, the Wonky Gamer podcast the other week because uh, it's utterly fantastic. Okay. So try it. Full of '90s nostalgia. You know that there are X Files videos all over the house and uh, 
pictures of all sorts of stuff and okay. I want to believe posters and yeah yeah it, it's utter genius that's so, do check it out it, 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 I, I think it's pretty much definitely on uh, PS4 uh, and it may well be on Steam as well so okay. yeah get it play it. it it's a wonderful wonderful game it it took us with the four of us playing it it was with, with Megan driving it took us about four hours I think to play the whole thing so it's not a long game but it's it is what you make of it. It's, okay. it's it's very very cool. So give that a try. But yes, so this month has been brought to you by Nineties Nostalgia. Amazing. I've I've been kind of on, on an Eighties Nostalgia trip. Like the reason I started the challenge again was because I was introduced to synthwave this month. All right, okay. I've never I've never heard that as a as a music genre before. And a friend of mine sent me a track by a band called Gunjoo. Um, called Tech Noir. I listened mm, to well, it. I know Tech Noir. Yeah. Really liked it. And then they had a uh, uh, Your Life is on that album as well. And that track needs to be playing during the Zero Gravity club scene in Ready Player One. Yeah. <laughs> because um, if you read the book, you know that that scene's important on a number of levels. Like the Gunters come after Artemis and Percival as they're at this pie, and it's a big action sequence. Yeah, and the track's is. actually quite slow, but there's if Isn't I, Simon Pegg playing the? Uh, he is um, the character that's, the character that's the club, DJing yeah. in the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the scene. If if I was to do the music sync, I'd pick this track. It's not an action track like the scene would typically suggest, but um, there's some lyrical cues in there which I think speaks to Atmos and Parsifal's relationship at the time, and I think there is a subtext in that scene which needs to come through in the music. Um, if they don't do it. Which they probably won't, because who's listening to me at this point? Um, <laughs> Everyone. Then, when the film comes out on DVD, if I get a copy of the scene, I will do my own. You'll redub it. Oh, I will redub it with that music, because <laughs> I think it needs to be done. But yeah, so the whole eighty synthwave music genre like really caught me up. Mm. Like I've been listening to an awful lot of it. Come across stuff like gossip and F- um, FM eighty four. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, that was what inspired the Ready Player One challenge. Okay, fair enough. Going back again. So that's why it. it's back. Fair that's enough. That's why it's back. That and I've got plenty of time at the moment, so I might as well do something with it. Yeah, okay, fair. Um, so yeah. Wow, we got really far off track. <laughs> we didn't even <laughs> we didn't get finish off track. an intro. <laughs> well, that was, it, 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 it's organic, sir. <laughs> Okay, so what other stuff were we going to be talking about? <laughs> Just crack on the sci-fi ball. <laughs> okay, so the sci-fi ball. Yes, so it's, it's the second time we've been down to this. We went a couple of years ago and then had, I think it was a year off, and then we, I, I recorded a podcast with the organisers about a month or so ago ahead of the event, and then they were like, oh, come down. So we went down and, and got involved. And it's a great weekend. I mean, it's, it's a unique convention uh, I, I, I've not been to any other like it it's it's uh, it's fairly small scale it's you know only a, I think there's probably only about five to seven hundred people go to it okay. and they're there for the entire weekend and the whole event is based around essentially a sit-down three-course meal on the Saturday night and then a ball afterwards oh. um, and it's kind of grown out of that it used to be the Starfleet ball it's now the SF ball, yeah. uh, so they're, they're kind of trying to branch out from it just being a Star Trek 
convention into doing lots of other things. So this year's theme was uh, Winter is Coming. So it was all Game of Thronesy, and they had three of the Game of Thrones cast there oh, over was the there? weekend. It was Ian McElhenney, Ian Beatty, and oh, I forget the name of the other guy. Uh, Roger Ashton Griffith. Okay, so characters. So Mace Tyrrell, um, the Ian Beatty is the one I, I can't. Merrin Trant, the one that Arya stabs the fuck out of, <laughs> uh, and Sir Barrenston that carked it along with Grey Worm when him and Grey Worm got attacked by yeah. the, the people in uh, with Daenerys uh, so yeah those three guys were there and they were great yeah, we did an interview with them and a bunch of other people uh, the main guests of the weekend were I get that they were the Star Wars what sort of Star Trek ones which was uh, Gates McFadden and oh, awesome. uh, uh, Patty Yasutaki uh, who was the nurse Agawa in, in Star Trek Next Generation yeah. as well so it was, it was the medical crew medical of team. Next Gen nice. uh, so that was really nice uh, Dave Freeman was there who's a visual concept artist who worked on stuff like Jupiter Ascending and um, uh, Terminator Genesis and uh, <coughs> not the greatest uh, there are other ones that, that are really good <laughs> films in franchises, there, but, but, but his, his work is absolutely stunning his visual work we sat and watched the panel with him because uh, Megan's getting into it now she's got a Wacom tab and stuff so nice. they were talking about using Wacom so she was like oh, I've got one of them it was all very exciting for her <laughs> um, uh, and who else was there Chris Barry was there yep. uh, and uh, a guy called Larry Nemechek who I hadn't really heard of before the weekend he's a, he's a Star Trek archivist over in the States and he's put together a, a, a documentary called The Con of Wrath which is about uh, an infamous Star Trek convention in the 80s that was planned and loads of money went into the organisation of it and it bombed. Oh. And it's <coughs> apparently one of the biggest convention fails in history, so it's a documentary about that. Oh, right. uh, I had a good chat with him, he was a really nice guy. Um, yeah, so, uh, but the thing is about this event is it's that the, the guests and the, the attendees are in, they're in the same hotel for the entire weekend and they just all hang out and they talk to each other they have you know there's a, a loose program of panels on there's, there's not so much conflicting stuff it's all in kind of one main room um, and people can get involved in that if they want but it, it's mainly a social event for people just to hang out and there's some traders that they can get stuff from and get stuff signed and and go to panels and just sit around in the bar and and chat with some celebrities for a weekend and it, it's very interesting to watch um, the celebrities when they arrive doing the opening ceremony and saying you know hello looking forward to it and when they leave going oh my god you know, this is just like one of the best cons we've ever been to because it's very very relaxed it's very very friendly it's yeah it, it's a very unique convention in, in my in I'll my have opinion. to next year it's very very cool I'd yeah. say you should you should go and check it out it's uh, they do a lot of cool, fun kind of piss take game shows and things that I got involved in and oh, failed. Yeah. And <laughs> were you on a quiz and failed? <clears throat> I was on a quiz and I failed. That's not like I have a track record of this. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned that over dinner. Mm. So yes, I didn't do particularly well at uh, what was it? A question of snort was the <laughs> the name of the show. But the one thing that they do and they do incredibly well is their uh, production values 
So all, all of their quizzes are like, you know, they're all interactive that have got a massive like 4K wide screen nice. at the back of the, the stage that they show trailers on and it's all interactive and it's, it's absolutely stunning. The, the, the tech that gets put into this is absolutely brilliant. That's cool. And it's all, it's all, all proceeds go to charity. It's the Teenage Cancer Trust. Um, they have various auctions and raffles and things over the course of the weekend to make money. They have, you know, money can't buy raffles. So they have like press packs and they have signed pictures and bits of concept art and things that have <coughs> fallen into people's bags on the way out of studios yeah. that should have been uh, shredded and stuff. Yeah. So that's why they have the money can't buy. So it's things that you, you cannot get anywhere else. That's cool. And they auction all that off and it's all for charity and so all the proceeds go to the Teenage Cancer Trust. Utterly, utterly fantastic event. Brilliant. I'm jealous. I saw some of the pictures from your weekend. They look pretty cool. I just Star Trek transporter picture. Yeah, uh, the the awesome three hundred and sixty yeah, on the yeah, transporter yeah. pad. Transport pad. <laughs> yeah, uh, that that's probably one of the favourite three hundred and sixties I've done so far. Yeah. Uh, I when doing most of the interviews, I recorded most of the interviews with a three hundred and sixty camera as well. So I've got the the Game of Thrones uh, cast that we interviewed in the press room, and. Uh, Oh, well, the, the other guest, Terry Malloy, of course, I didn't mention who was Davros. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, we interviewed him, so I've got some 360 degree interviews that I recorded as well, so I will be putting them out on YouTube at some point if, awesome. they're, if they're good enough. Uh, oh, while you were off doing that, I was off watching La La Land. Oh. I did say that I was going to watch it. Really? Yeah. Oh. Okay, go on then. Okay. It's great. It's fantastic. I loved it. I really did. I'm going to hate it, aren't I? It's really weird. Um, for a musical, for one that I really enjoyed watching, I can't hum a single fucking bar of any of the songs they played in it, um, which is kind of weird, I guess. Um, but on the other side, if they were shit, I'd have remembered them as well. Yeah, true. So, But no, I thought it was a really, really sweet film. Um it's not your it's not your typical romantic romantic comedy type of film either, like it builds to a really nice ending and a really nice payoff in a way that you don't expect, and I was a fan of that in the same way that I was a fan of Five Hundred Days of Summer. Okay. You know, it's yeah, it, it leaves you it leaves you perfectly satisfied, uh, and it takes the film to do that. It's almost like the ending was thought of first. And they wanted to work out how they could drive the film towards that ending, and they've done it really well. And like Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling are just perfectly cast, and the chemistry is insane. Um, it's not like <coughs> I don't think it should win any Best Picture awards. It's not out there in terms of that, but it's one that you will watch and you'll come out of it feeling really, really happy. And I did. I loved it. But I love musicals, and I studied a lot of musicals in my master's de degree, so. It was right my wheelhouse. Well, you see that that that's where we must uh, agree to disagree. I studied lots of musicals as part of my performing arts degree, and I fucking hate them all. <laughs> I fucking hate the way that people talk and that the music starts in the background and then they sag into lyrics and start singing. I fucking hate that. It's awesome. It's the expression of emotion, and it's. I don't mind expressing emotion. I. I 
I just hate the lead into a song. When you trans when you transition from dialogue to to music, I hate it. I hate it. It's my worst thing on earth. I've been watching a few musicals recently. Then seen nothing like that. I saw Sing Street recently too. That's a great little film as well. Okay, so on on the subject of musicals, Beauty and the Beast live action remake. What with Emma Watson? Mm. Yeah. What do you think about it? I'm up for it. Really? Yeah. I, I, I think it's too soon. I think I, I, it, I, I, I filed it already under why bother. I don't know. <laughs> is it just because I'm a grumpy bastard? <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't know. Maybe. And what's really weird is that it's you being <laughs> I know, right? That's my <laughs> default setting is grumpy bastard. So I'm not quite sure I like this. Uh, um, it, it, it is somewhat of a turnaround. Yeah, but it is. It, it, it's just it, it's poking that bit of me that hates musicals. See, I, I am through most things a grumpy bastard, but there are things that I love, and when I love things, like I'm, I, I love them completely, unabashedly, and unreservedly. And musicals are one of those things. See, now I, I, I like pure musicals. I don't know whether we've, we've said this before, but I like pure musicals so I like Jesus Christ Superstar okay yeah that's great I like um, uh, oh, I've tried other, other examples well there, there's ones that aren't exactly pure musicals but they're close like Repo the Genetic Opera okay uh, so ones that are more musical than they are dialogue it's just uh, yeah I, I, I can't stand most of the the breaks in between so you like them the closer they are to opera well it's, it's not even opera because I, I don't like the style of opera yeah. but I, I, I like the idea that something is expressed just through music and, and lyrics okay so singing in the rain um, it, it, it's a classic um, not really my type of music seven brothers seven brothers no what about um, Strictly Ballroom? No, again. Grease? Grease. No, again, having done that, no. No, because I've been in that and I hated it. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, I think it's because I've done so many maybe, musicals. Maybe, maybe that's it. Maybe I, I yeah, think I've just OD'd an earlier because I've done you know, Calamity Jane and Grease and... Okay, that's it. Perhaps because I've never actually had to endure being in a musical. I have... Oklahoma and fucking yeah all sorts of stuff I don't know my study gets into all different types of thing on film music I've I've, I've been on stage singing in a dress for fuck's sakes so you know (laughs) yeah alright I can I I can (laughs) I can see where your hatred stands from Um, yeah wouldn't it be funny to put the tall beardy long hair in a dress and make him sing yes no fuck you all (laughs) alright let's move past me Yeah. So what you're saying is La La Land is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, I'll it's, take your opinion on that, and I'll never watch it. Yeah, it's 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 a perfectly serviceable, serviceable film, and yeah, you'll feel good watching it. So I'm going to sweep the Oscars, you reckon? Um, I don't know because I haven't had a chance to compare it to other films yet. Okay. Like Worst of You, I don't know what it is. Like. You can see it in Bristol, you can see it in Birmingham, but Worst of You just hasn't been showing any of the other nominated films. Okay. Didn't show Moonlight, hasn't shown Manchester by the Sea, wants to watch both of those, didn't show Fences, um, didn't show Hidden Figures, 
I think it's shown Lion at the moment. Um, but that's about it. But, well, there's so many that I wanted to see that I haven't had the chance to. Okay. It sucks. Um, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. Fair enough. Okay, where are we next? Uh, we promised some trailer talk, didn't trailer we? Trailer drops! Yeah. Okay, so it's the Super Bowl. So, in the middle of the Sports Bowl game, they showed trailers. Yes. Yeah, and they showed some really cracking crackin trailers. They showed a really, really, really small tease for Stranger Things Season 2. Yes, the Ghostbusters tease. Oh, it looked immense. The one thing that I've noticed from it, though, right, is... Where's Will? You see him once. Towards the end, he opens the door, and the sky is red, and it looks like the upside down has come to our realm. But when the kids are together, like with the Ghostbusters stuff, or when they're cycling, it's just the three of them. Mm. Well, it may well be that you know Will's either grounded, having gone missing, or... <laughs> Which is a fair shout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There, there could be a myriad reasons. You can't, or, you can't blame him, can you? Well, no, indeed. You know, after no, it's he not his fault. Goes missing. You know, his, his parents could quite legitimately lock him down. Uh, however, you know, if the the ending of season one is anything to be believed, then he's kind of still crossing between realms. Yeah, and bringing this bringing that realm to this realm, I think is yep. the way it's going to play out. Um, or he could have gone again. Oh yeah, he, indeed, he could just slip back in and yeah. go missing again. But do you think that would lose its impact a bit if they did the same I think plot device be. again? I think it would, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was an interesting tease. But yeah, the Ghostbusters uh, Halloween costume, I'm going to guess, was an iconic shot. Looking forward to it. And of course they had the, um, David Arbour had his acceptance speech at the at the Screen Actors Guild and the rider went crazy. <laughs> there have been so many cla- uh, cracking memes about that, it's great. Go out and watch it. Okay, so well other stuff. We've had the Iron Fist trailer drop. Yeah, uh, the Final Defender arrives on March seventeenth. Um so yeah. It's looking like but they all seem to have their definite themes like uh, Luke Cage is very much sort of the gangster movie of the Marvel TV cinematic universe crossover type thing. This looks like the Hong Kong fooey punch em up. It's a bit of that crossed with Arrow, in my opinion. It's the 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 kid that's gone missing oh, yeah, yeah. comes back trope. Well, I'm getting much more of a martial arts vibe out of this, which I guess is perfectly reasonable considering the source. Mm. Um, and yeah, it looks like we're seeing the threads of Daredevil season 1 and 2 and well specifically those two really being pulled together in this uh, with the, the, the hand mm. it's interesting we'll have to see how it goes what are your thoughts? I'm really looking forward to it you know it's it, uh, it's the last missing piece of the puzzle that yeah. I don't know yet so I'm looking forward to it. I was, you know, I was a little bit disappointed with the bad guys in Luke Cage, as we've said before. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, I, I think, as a as a whole, that they've created the universe really, really well. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what this next one has to bring to it, and then looking on towards the defenders. Yeah, and we get a crossover as well with Night Nurse. She's in the trailer too. Yeah. So 
Yeah, she's one of the threads holding it together. So yes, she she because she's appeared in all of them. Yeah. So I imagine she's the driving force between getting them all together again. Yeah. But you know, there's there, there's a lot of big unanswered questions like you know the the massive hole in the earth and things that from Daredevil and. You know. So we'll have to see, but that that's looking good. I'm yeah. looking forward to that. Um, obviously, we've got uh, big shows coming back. Game of Thrones due for summer. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else we can say about that. It's well, going to be no. epic. There, there, there are lists of spoilers out there. Well, so I, I, it's a radio show, so you can't see it. I'm using spoilers with bunny rabbit ears. Um, people's predictions and people claiming that they've seen uh, plot breakdowns and stuff. Uh, it's out there. If half of them are true, then it's going to be immense. Uh, uh, yeah, I think whatever happens, it's going to be immense, yeah. and I think it's going to leave it on a massive cliffhanger leading into the final season, yeah. which is great. Um, but, you know, th there's already the talk about the prequel series and stuff and how that's going to work, and we will have to see. I mean, I, I, I will be very, very surprised if there isn't at least a, a, some kind of spin-off show because it's so popular. Yeah. And even if a spin-off show is half as good, then it's still going to be popular. Yeah, not really careful how they do it though. Although saying that, like there is so much source material for it. Yeah. And you wouldn't have to wait for them to finish writing anything. Yeah. So yeah, just fill it in. Uh, other stuff returning. Uh, we've got Walking Dead due back soon. It's next Sunday. Yeah. So there's. Looks like we're going down the Rick versus Negan route, but they they have released the brief synopses of the first four episodes. Yeah, which I think is going a bit too fast. Well, I think it is, because the, the whole Negan thing is supposed to go on for a very long time. Yeah, I think they're rushing it, um, which is a shame. Yeah, I, I just don't think it's had the impact they wanted it to have. So I think they're having to... They were a bit of, I don't know, potentially hastily, hasty rewrites uh, in order to appease uh, an ailing fan base. Yeah. That would be, yeah, I guess. Like, what were they hoping to achieve with Negan? Make him the villain for one series? Like, I think you're going to lose more fans if you rewrite it and conclude it quicker. Well, because it's not even concluded in the comics. Negan's still around in the comics at the moment. Um, I don't know. I think they have to pick now, very carefully, what they want to be. Do they want to be an interpretation of the comics in their own right and separate themselves from the comic book storylines? Mm -hmm. Or do they want to be faithful to the source? Um, I think that's the choice they're going to have to make. I don't want to see them rush and ruin things with Negan. No. But, yeah, I guess we'll see how it goes. I've, I've been trying to finish off the second season of Fear the Walking Dead, which... Oh, I get up on that. Yeah, I, I'm nearly at the end of it. I've been watching a couple of episodes this week, and it's yeah, it's okay. There's a there's an interesting segment in a, in a hotel, which is kind of kind of cool. So there's, there, there's like, a, a woman who was running the hotel, and so she has keys, so she has the ability to lock off various bits of it. And... Oh, okay essentially moves hordes of the undead through the building to chase off people who are trying to come into the hotel 
because she knows how it all works and has control of the building. So it's kind of like using the environment as a weapon, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that's a, a theme that gets reused again and again, doesn't it? Yeah, so, so yeah, I quite like that. Um, <clears throat> other stuff that's come back... The Expanse is the back! The Expanse is back, yeah. Yay! Fucking awesome hard yeah. sci-fi if show. Yeah, if you're in the mood for some really hard sci-fi, then The Expanse is... That should be on top of your of your watch list. Yeah, it it, it really should. I mean, yeah, I've, I've been ploughing through the audiobooks of the of the the novels and was very very surprised to discover that season one of the TV show is only the first half of book one, and there are six books. That's pretty intense. Yeah, and it's oh, no, it's an awesome show. Really, really good show. Um, I'm getting the the vagueness of a plot. To inspire a well, to instigate a war between uh, Mars and Terra. Mm. Um, yeah, but there's also some alien involvement yeah. as well. Yeah, I'm I'm still forgetting what I've watched from the first season. Mm-hmm. So they did a bit of a recap at the start of the second season, but not enough for me to go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. I remember that. So essentially, it's it's Miller's quest to find Juliet Mao. Yeah, who's dead. Uh, well, they yeah they found her dead in the, in, in the hotel yeah. uh, on Eros, and then they all abandoned Eros. And then it got blown up. Uh, well, it didn't, no, Phoebe Station got blown up. Uh, yeah, Phoebe Station got blown up, uh, but Eros is is still there and infected. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah, it's 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 a puzzler and it's a head fuck. What's what's very interesting for me is is watching this first couple of episodes they've backfilled some roles that don't appear until the second book and they've been doing it since the first season so Avisarla who's the uh, the UN diplomat on earth yeah uh, she doesn't appear until book two okay so they've brought her role well forward uh, to give you uh, a presence on earth because there is no earth presence in the first book at all uh, okay so they start. They've they've backfilled a lot of it. They, they reference it in book two of what she was up to during that period, uh, but she's only introduced in the second book. And a new character that they've introduced in this season, who also doesn't appear until the second book, is is Bobby Draper, who's a Martian Marine, yeah, which you've just seen appearing in the first episode of this. Yeah. Uh, and again, she doesn't appear until uh, the the second book. I was a little bit disappointed because I I had in my mind Gwendolyn Christie to play that role, based on how she's depicted in the in the books. Yeah. She's depicted as like a a big uh, belter marine, and it, obviously it's difficult to do on the TV show because in the books the belters are because of the the atmosphere and things where they grow up they they are much taller than yeah. humans and ganglier and so it, it's it's difficult to write that into a show where you're where, where you don't have the availability of people with that genetic makeup yeah or the sfx budget to manipulate quite yeah on on an ongoing basis because you know you could do Avatar and do all of that, but it would it would be ridiculously expensive. Yeah. And for a show that already has a massive SFX budget, and they play it up differently as well. They they do mention the physiological differences between yeah. Belters, Martians, and Terrans. Yeah, um, it's played on a bit in the first season. 
pushing lung capacity. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I, I, I love the, the the hard science aspect of it of how they overcome human frailty to be able to travel at high G's and uh, how it all works. Yeah. So it's it, it's very very heavy on on the science in in the books. Yeah, uh, that's why that's why we categorise it as hard science. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it is know, not just because it's difficult to watch understand, but because it's yeah the the science base is is there. Yeah. Um, yeah, so really enjoying that. Other shows that have come back, The Magicians. Never got around to it. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah, honestly, if you've ever watched Narnia and thought that's a bit creepy, <laughs> do you know what could make it even better? A bunch of teenage kids who kill each other and swear a lot. Brilliant. Uh, uh, and then some really dark, sinister undertones of, of unpleasantness. Uh, and that's what the magicians is. It's it's genius. It really is. It's very very dark, uh, but it's an excellent show. Okay. It's. Uh, I, You're not I, the first person to mention that to me, actually. Yeah, um, it's, it's like the craft with the gloves off. Okay. Mm. So the thing is, like, we've had a weird bit of time recently because of the American elections. A lot of shows have coming back from mini breaks as they are and sometimes they're going back onto breaks mm. like Gotham came back for like two episodes I think and is now on its winter break yeah, okay. Lucifer went off for a bit and came back and is now for its winter break Yeah. Um, both shows of which are phenomenal oh yeah I've, I've caught up with Lucifer and that's yeah. fantastic um, uh, and then of course I think one of my favourite shows so far this season has been Bull yeah. And we slammed that show. I know, that I know right? Well, th- th- that's it. I think the two shows that we slammed right at the start before they came out was Bull and Designated Survivor. Yeah, and they've both been awesome. <laughs> they are yeah. both really good shows. And we really picked up Son of Zorn, and that's been a massive disappointment. Yeah, oh, I, I haven't watched it yeah. In, in yeah, God knows how long. But yeah, so yeah, Bull and Designated Survivor have been real highlights of this season. Did you see the one with the uh, the woman who blew up the courtroom? Yeah, that's an excellent episode. Last night's was good as well. I've, no, I've not seen that yet. Yeah. So it, it, it's, it's, it's there an, on the screen, ready to be watched. It's an e-gaming one. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, but of course, the big TV news. As we we alluded to it last time out with mentioned that Moffat was having his last season. You know, we figured Capaldi wasn't going to be too far behind, mm. and of course. Doctor Who, Capaldi is... Of course, there's the announcement. Leaving at the end of the season. Um, you know what, I hope the companion leaves as well. Because I want the new writer to have a f- complete fresh slate yeah. with their own companion and their own Doctor. Um, I think that's been a, a problem in the past, has been the crossover. Uh, so, there's the inevitable casting talk. Have your choices changed much from last time? Um, I, I I don't know. As I, said, I, mean, I, I I had a very interesting proposition put to me from from Mister Cordery, um, <laughs> yes, which is that we should spend a season based on what Tom Baker said at the end of the fiftieth, which is about the Doctor revisiting some old faces uh, and potentially have a season of one-offs of of returning doctors okay um 
So who's visiting who? Well, I don't but know. We're, we're going okay, to have... Uh, as in where... revisiting the faces. So the, the, the problem is at the moment, all the rules have been broken. So the rules of how many regenerations you're allowed has gone. Yeah. That's gone utterly out the window. It is no more. So the the question is, does he now have unlimited regenerations? Can he go back amongst all his previous ones? What could happen? Obviously, if he goes back to Tom Baker's regeneration, he gets older. Can he then go back to the others and revisit them as older characters? That would give some continuity to Peter Davison turning up in the Time Crash episode. Yeah. Okay. So, do we have a season of revisiting all the previous Doctors, but played by the actors now? So I guess Mr. McCoy back on. Yeah. Peter Davison back on. Um, well... I say yes, obviously, that'd be amazing. Who wouldn't want to see Colin Baker get a shot at being a doctor again? Indeed, who wouldn't? Or Sylvester McCoy. And and I'm sure you can engineer a situation, because of all the timey-wimey fuckery that's going on, that, you know, you could easily make a case for, you know, unstable regenerations. This happens, he regresses into this doctor for an episode and then regenerates back into another one at the end of it, even randomly, around the ones that are still alive. So we have this... Okay, so we, we're going to have this as the season after Capaldi's left. So the first yeah. the first post-Capaldi season is a season where his regeneration is just so yeah. messed up, he's becoming his previous Previous selves, selves yeah. Which would work, because you could say that like when he gets his regeneration through topped up again when he's Matt Smith, that that imbalance, because yep. it's crossing universes, isn't it? You can always come up with a MacGuffin reason yeah. why it's happening, and then, yeah, just spend you know one episode or a bunch of two-parters, a season of two-parters as, as old Doctors. Yeah. Because what's interesting is is a lot of the, uh, you know, obviously the, 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 the betting shops put odds on for who's going to be the next one and Matt Smith and David Tennant are both in there uh, with odds to be the next Doctor that's just a bit weird okay so okay so and it's all based on this previous thing that they've said about revisiting old faces so it's all from the 50th do you think they know something I, I I don't know, but I, I I think it's too good an idea to ignore. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I think for a show that does break boundaries and allows different people to come in and play the same character, the fact that you could engineer a, a circumstance where they could all come back for another episode. Oh, you could have them right. and make it relevant. So you're not trying to set it in the time period that they were originally the Doctor. It's happening now. Okay, you could do it like you could do it like a second trial of the Time Lords. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. As as the conceit for the the season, where they have to they they have. Okay, so Capaldi's regenerated, but the rest of the generations that he was given um, came with a condition, and he has to prove himself worthy. So he then goes back. Maybe I don't know how to say. It. He's gone back to previous incarnations of the Doctor, and he has to right a wrong that he 
maid as well as doctors. Potentially. Or that'd be cool. Yeah. So um David Tennant doesn't lose Rose. Or uh, I guess that but that that's fucking around with the continuity. I mean I, I kinda like the idea of still moving the story forward and putting an old doctor in a situation that the new doctor has dealt with recently, you know, like sticking Sylvester McCoy against the silence or oh, okay. So contemporary villains versus yeah, old versus doctors. classic doctors. Okay. It's like oh, Doctor yeah. Who deathmatch. <laughs> yeah, like think of the doctors who haven't met um, the Weeping Angels. Yeah, exactly. Oh, Sylvester McCoy would have fun with Weeping Angels, I reckon. So I, I, I think it's oh, yeah, the Sophie uh, Ace and Sylvester McCoy, you know, or Ace and Number Seven. Their dynamic was so good. That would work really well with Weeping Angels. Oh, that's a really, really cool idea. God damn it, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> like, God damn it. But Just, it's a cracking yeah, it's a idea. idea. Uh, I mean, I very much doubt anything will come of it, but if it does, uh, that will be the most awesome season. Yeah. Because it's not constrained you know it gets rid of all that kind of you know bedding in of a new doctor and stuff and literally focuses on the character not who's playing him yeah and you get all the fan service that you want you can get back all the old um companions that you need to yep. get back that are still around like i'm sure brian like was some knocking around somewhere she can come back in mail um yeah she was off with brian blessed No, well, who'd want to come back? She went off with Brian Blessed. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, you could bring back some other characters that we haven't seen yet in the, in the new Doctor. Yeah, who. and then you can set it up for a later series. But I think yeah. one season of bringing back old Doctors, old companions, new storylines, throwing them all together into the mix with some kind of overall plot of why it's happening well the overall plot would have to be one of t a combination of two things one a test and two something very badly wrong with the regeneration cycle yeah and then you play that out for one yeah. season and then you set up for a new season with a new doctor mm. informed by the choices that have been made in that one season yeah and it also gives the new head writer some breathing room as well indeed and gives him some room to flex his muscles with yeah. the entire cannon yeah man we're too smart <laughs> <laughs> well it wasn't it my wasn't idea, idea but you know but yeah, no, yeah no, that's a cracking idea there so yeah by all means you know everybody out there take that think on it play on it see what you reckon and come back to us with ideas and yeah I'd love to sit and have a beer with people and chat about it. So I hope we can, but we will. In, well, indeed, we will. Uh, yeah. Have you going to touch casting? I mean, I I think I'm going to stick with my previous casting choices. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, Chimita Leggia for or Idris Elba. Yeah, all very good. Or David Harewood is another one that's oh. been mooted, but I think he's probably too busy with uh, Supergirl, so... Yeah. Um, yeah, Patterson Joseph. Yeah. Again. So, yeah, yeah, I, I don't think my choices have changed. And, you know, I think left field choices like Rupert Grint just to finally be a ginger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're, they're all in there. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, 
as has been said quite a lot in the media it's it's one of those things that they don't announce the doctor is leaving until they've pretty much decided what they're going to do yeah um and i do so much hope that they don't announce it with a BBC One special like they did last time. Yeah, that was because that was awful. the worst. Oh, it really was. That was so bad. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if most people got turned off Capaldi purely because of the way that he was announced. Yeah. As the Doctor. No. It yeah. Was let's not do that again, please, BBC. In fact, BBC, don't tell anybody. Don't leak it to the press. Nothing. Mm. Literally, let us. Know who the Doctor is when we see the end of the actual generation. episode. When yeah. we see it, hell yeah, that's when we, that's when we want to find out. Yeah, not beforehand. Then we can go and like spend. And we can be speculating for months. Yeah, you know? we, <laughs> this will give us shit to talk about for a year. Yeah. Gives us content. <laughs> so if you're listening, BBC, just keep it to yourself and let the fans find out when the Doctor actually transforms, because that's where that's where it should be. Hell yes. Um, cool. Amen, brother. Yeah, I'll put my soap box away. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, that's well, we've got to the end of it, right? Absolutely, yeah. I think it just you know, boils down to kind of where we're going to be and yeah. what we're going to be up to for the next couple of months. So we're going to be at a couple of conventions. Well, one convention, and one podcast, uh, a charity podcast event, record event. Yeah, we're going to be in Southampton on the twenty sixth of March. Uh, we have. More or less two hours of space to fill on a 36 hour live Charity super podcast. Podcast event. For, for comic, comic relief. relief. Yeah. yeah. So get sending in questions that you want to ask us and we'll ask them once. And we'll, we'll be live. On, we'll so it will be live streaming. So we'll, we will be on Twitter and we'll be on Facebook. Facebook yeah. So by all means, come along, join in. If not in person, then online and. Send us questions and keep us going because yeah. it's a it's a thirty six hour live event. So we're uh, we're not exactly sure what slot we've got yet, but we'll keep you updated on the site and let you know when we're there. And we will be live broadcasting when that happens. So please do come along and join us. Yeah, and then um, well, a week later, <laughs> yeah, literally a week later, we are achieving hashtag life goals. Yes, uh, we are. We will have. A stage at the Sci-Fi Weekender. Yeah. Yep. We will be on on the Saturday evening. Uh, timings again, maybe a little bit uh, up in the air, but looks like on the Saturday evening at the Sci-Fi Weekender, we're going to be recording a live podcast on site. So anybody who is at the event, please come along, join in. We'll be giving away random tap, yep. drinking beer, talking to whatever guests we can cajole into yeah. joining us on the show. We're going to try and corral a couple of guests to come on um, and then, yeah, give away some of our... some, some goodies from our random <laughs> box of shit. from the <laughs> random box of tap. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And for anyone else who's there over the weekend, we're, we've got a whole bunch of panels and things we're doing. Uh, you may even end up having to listen to me getting up and playing my guitar and singing at some point over the weekend, so that'll be unpleasant for you all. And I'm going to be walking around with a camera and a portable recorder. So if you see me and you want to just say a couple of things like why you love sci-fi, why you love the weekend, come and give me your uh, your tuppenceworth. Yay! Yeah. So we'll see you all there. Yeah. Brilliant. I think that's all. I think so. Okay. Um, that's all for now. Thanks very much for listening. Until next time, I've been Brendan. I've been Spindles. Uh, take care and be excellent to each other.
so close. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>